Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. The panel. Hugely experienced panel this morning with uh, Kimberly Downs and uh, Mark Hinton on board for us, which is absolutely fantastic and a massive weekend of uh, rugby and for women's sport as well. So, Kimberly, we'll give you uh, the tee off this morning. Uh, what an occasion it promises to be at Eden Park tomorrow. Um, I, I just it's, it's been so long in the offing, I, I, I find it quite hard to believe it's here, but it is. It is indeed. Good morning, Smithy. Morning, Mark. Yeah, it's exciting, isn't it? And it's funny because I feel like it's been... Maybe it's the extra year. It's been a bit of a slow build, but all of a sudden this week as the days have gone by, the excitement around it has just ramped up and ramped up and ramped up. And I was lucky enough actually to go up to Whangarei yesterday where there was a bit, of, a bit of an event on for all of the teams who were playing there on the Sunday. Um, and the level of excitement amongst that group was just, you, you couldn't help but be feel like you were infected by it, really. Um, and the the fact that this opening day at Eden Park tomorrow is also looking like it's going to sell out, that is magnificent. I actually stumbled across a bit of a stat yesterday, which blew my mind, to be honest, uh, which is that with tomorrow's match, or matches, I should say, at, at Eden Park being sold out, that's more than 40,000 spectators. So they're a little bit vague on exactly what capacity is because they've got seats blocked out and things like that for stage set-ups and things. But call it 45,000, if you will, which is basically the same number of people who actually attended the entire World Cup in 2017. So um, pat yourselves on the back if you're going along because I just think that that is a phenomenal turnout and these women deserve that and I hope it continues through the tournament. Hopefully things get off to a bang tomorrow uh, and we can see a huge amount of support and behind the black ferns as the weeks progress because I am just pumped for this. You can tell as well uh, that the ferns are pumped for this, that all of the teams are, that the coaching staff are and that everyone around it is. So yeah, let's go. I'm ready. Okay, well, I'll come back to you in a minute about that Whangarei um, atmosphere, uh, Kimberly. but I'd like to bring Mark in here as well. Mark, you write about so much rugby on and off the field um, all over the world. Uh, what about you, your views uh, leading into this? Oh, it's absolutely wonderful, isn't it? Look, you think back to 2011, uh, Smithy, uh, just the way it, um, it captured the country. And if, if this tournament, which we've all waited so long for, could do something similar... Uh, it's going to be very, very special, isn't it? And, um, and, and uh, you know, we talk about the pressure that's on the Black Ferns, but you turn that around, the privilege that the Black Ferns have to play a World Cup on home soil, um, to contend for a title, to, you know, to excite their own fans. It, it's just massive. And, and, and you know, 
all the things Kimberley's touched on makes me think about the legacy this event will leave. And I think that's one of the most important things for when you host a tournament like the World Cup. What difference does it make in your country and the influence uh, the Black Ferns and, and all the teams, uh, Smithy, can have on young females, young women, yeah, girls watching this event, getting excited by it. Uh, getting excited by the game of rugby, getting excited by how women can play the game of rugby, all of these things, um, Smithy, will be the legacy of this event, and that's really what makes me so excited. And I expect, you know, to see some great rugby as well. Look, the days of, of you know, whatever, thinking that the women's game is second rate, it is a fa- are long gone. It is a fantastic um, spectacle in its own right. They play the game, you know, their own way. Um, just beautifully, and I, you know, I think we'll see some great rugby over coming weeks. So, for me, Smithy, it's all about the legacy, the impact this event makes on on, on women in this country. Can I stay with you there, uh, both? Uh, in fact, I'll come to you, Kimberly, on that. The, the word legacy, uh, and I think what you—that's a very good point you've just made about um, uh, young girls and young women maybe wanting to get involved in, in, in the game in some capacity. But because of the prices, Kimberly, uh, because of the fact that they've basically said to the whole family, you can afford to come here uh, to this event, there's got to be a lot of young boys going to this, these games as well. And that might have a runoff effect on junior boys rugby in this country as well without even knowing it. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I completely agree with what Mark's saying in terms of the inspiration to young girls and young women and picking up the sport and seeing it as a viable pathway and having heroes that look like them, that they can look up to, that they can be like. But I also do think it is broader than that, like you say, in the chance to inspire young boys, in the chance to engage men. And like, it's just, it's an opportunity that you get once in a generation, really. Uh, and at the same time, it's come at this perfect time as well, where it is riding this huge wave of support around the world when it comes to women's sport. You know, we saw those incredible scenes at Wembley uh, when England won the Euros earlier this year as a prime example. They're actually playing a friendly England uh, football match against the USA that sold out the same weekend as this World Cup is on. So you're looking now at having these back-to-back high-level women's sporting matches, all of which are selling out. That is something that would be unheard of five years ago. So I think Mark's absolutely right in talking about legacy. I think this is a huge opportunity with boys, with girls, with men, with women internationally to promote the game and say, look at, like, look at these athletes because they are phenomenal athletes who do play the game in their own way, when which, which is a very watchable, great spectator um, product. And so, yeah, there's, there's an opportunity far beyond women and girls here. Hopefully, they make the most of it. I do suspect, uh, in hindsight, that they will look back at this and go, oh, maybe we uh, should have had a few more games further around the country. But at the moment, I'm not going to get into that uh, because I think this is a moment that we should just be excited and celebrating what is to come. Well, it is what it is, Kimberly. It is what it is, and it is um, the fact that uh, Fong Array becomes a very, very important component in this World Cup. 
uh, and you were there yesterday. Just tell us about the vibe because all the focus has been, to be fair, on Eden Park tomorrow. But on Sunday, you've got three games at Whangarei, which are equally important uh, to this, uh, uh, you know, to to the, the global aspect of this whole tournament. So tell us about the vibe you expect around Whangarei because the onus is on them here. Yeah, very much so. And from the sounds of it, ticket sales going pretty well there as well. Certainly from the teams, the sense of excitement is palpable. You know, I was talking to one of the American players yesterday and she was just saying, you know, she was there in Belfast in 2017 and there was nothing like this. So this was basically, it was a promotional event really. You know, the Prime Minister was there, uh, a couple of head honchos from World Rugby were there. They were learning how to make and use so it was it was a big promotional event and she was saying you just wouldn't have had this in 2017 there was no promotional events there was no opening there was no welcome and so the speed at which change has happened I think for these teams and for those who know what it has been like previously has been pretty remarkable and I think at one stage she even used the word you know it's it's actually overwhelming to feel like were being treated in this way and supported. And another one of the players, one of the Scottish players, um, was saying, you know, they're walking down the streets with us staying and people are stopping them and talking about the game. And there's, there's a real sense of that buzz up there. And the teams up there feel like they're getting support from the local community, which is really great to see. So fingers crossed, like you say, the Spangaday component really works for them because it is important that this is a tournament that's staged beyond Auckland, even if it's only, you know, a couple of hours north mm-hmm. up the road. And they've had these facilities developed and things as part of it. And so, yeah, fingers crossed the locals can really get in behind and support them. They also know some of these teams from that Pac-4 series earlier in the year. The US played up there, things like that. So I think there's a certain level of, of familiarity and a bit of a relationship that's developed between the community and these players. So that should help as well. We'll take a short uh, news break uh, in a moment, and when I come back, Mark Hinton, uh, there's an air of romance uh, about this um, Rugby World Cup, and it, it comes from um, three pretty old stooges, actually, and uh, I'll ask you about that very shortly. Um, but in the meantime, here's uh, Araha with the latest. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. At uh, 10.31 with Kimberly Downs and uh, Mark Hinton uh, staying on the Rugby Women's World Cup and we make no apology for that because it is history in the making and I'm sure back in 2011, um, Mark Hinton, when uh, three gentlemen by the name of Sir Graham Henry, Wayne Smith and Mike Cron walked away from Eden Park with the William Webb Ellis Trophy in their keeping, they didn't believe for one second they'd be back 11 years later uh, trying to win the women's version. Yeah, there's a wonderful synergy, isn't there, with with um, those three men, and particularly the you know the lead roles that Wayne Smith and Graham Henry, who were who were really the uh, you know two of the top three really uh, masterminds of that 2011 triumph. Um, so look, um, it's a wonderful story. Uh, it speaks a lot to the longevity of those gentlemen. Wayne Smith 65, Graham Henry 76, and here we have. And still making an impact on the New Zealand game and in another sphere in the women's side of the equation. Quite remarkable. Um, speaks to the class of both those gentlemen. Can they make a difference? Look, they will. They'll, they'll bring a settling um, um, influence on the players. They'll bring a, a perspective. They've been through this. The, you know, maybe even more pressure back then on the All Blacks because remember they hadn't won a World Cup in 24 years. 
the women, of course, the Black Ferns have won five of seven so, um, that have been held. So, so they will bring plenty to the table, but at the end of the day, they don't run out on the field, Smithy. Uh, the old coaches and up in the stands, uh, it's their players. Their players they have to deal with that anxiety, with that pressure, that excitement and all those sort of things. So they'll do what they can through the week. But it's, it, it comes down to the Black Ferns coping, I guess, with that... Um, with those extra uh, factors come into hosting a World Cup in your own country. But I'm sure that what Smith and Ken, with their experience, and Mike Cron, who, who no doubt uh, wield a major influence among the forwards, um, I, have, I have no doubt what they'll do is, is, is they'll look to turn that. They'll, you know, they'll look to turn pressure into privilege uh, for the players. Ride the emotion. Ride the wave of success. Don't feel pressure. Uh, you know, walk towards the walk towards it. all those sort of things we hear a lot from the All Blacks. I'm sure they'll bring to the table. So massively interesting, isn't it? Just another great story thread for an event that's really going to present a lot over the coming weeks. And you know, we shouldn't forget the Black Ferns. Unlike the All Blacks, are not raging favourites to win this title. They're actually probably, if we're honest, third favourites for this event. So in many ways, Smithy and Kim, they've got nothing to lose. Go for it, girls, because you know England, France, as we know, come with all the all the expectation and all the favouritism. Well, speaking of expectation, uh, Mark Hinton, uh, the Breakers, the Breakers Spark Arena against the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. Of course, the Jack Jumpers had a season from hell last year when it turned, and I mean hell in a good way here. I mean, uh, coming into the competition and they're beaten in the in the final by the Sydney Kings. Uh, tell us about what you expect uh, in terms of atmosphere and outcome tonight. Look, there's a lot going on, so I'm not sure Spark's going to be as full as it um, perhaps might have been in another window. You know, there's so many with the World Cup opening on Saturday and uh, the Silver Ferns matches coming up, and there's a lot going on, the NPC the quarterfinals, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not quite sure Spark's going to be full to the brim. I, I hope there's a big World Cup crowd tonight. Look, the Breakers deserve it. They've, wait, they've waited 489 days for a home game in the NBL. Uh, much like... You know, their mates in the other codes, the Phoenix and the Warriors, this has been a long time coming. And, um, look, they need to ride this, you know, this, I guess, the new norm, which is normality, Smithy, having home games, being able to sleep in your own bed, being able to prepare for a, for a match. But having fans actually cheering for you, something the Breakers haven't experienced. So I expect you to be hugely emotional tonight. I think um, especially the players and the Breakers and the coaches that went through last year, permanently on the road, living in those uh, uh, shrinking four walls of their hotel rooms. Um, I expect, uh, you know, them to be, you know, to really ride the occasion. And, and, and hopefully it's, it's special. Hopefully the, the fans that are there make a lot of noise and welcome the breakers back to New Zealand because, um, you know, it's been a long time coming. They've had two years, more or less, exclusively playing on the road in Australia. So, um, um, and, and the results haven't been great. So let's hope... Um, and let's you know, let's hope that um, the, the normality of home games, the advantage of home games, um, the toughness of the teams having to come and play at Spark, can turn things around for the Breakers. And, and the fact they do it against the Jack Jumpers team uh, that made the final in their very first year in this league, I think is going to be quite fitting. They're a team that uh, is plucky, plays hard. Um, does all the things that the Breakers are going to need to do, Smithy, to, to prevail in this league, which is now very, very talented. Um, I don't know if you picked up on, but one of the Australian NBL teams is beating this week. The Adelaide 36ers beat the Phoenix Suns. That says where this league's at. 
So fans should be excited about the Breakers playing at home, and I hope they are. I hope they are as well. And uh, throughout the season, those numbers will increase. There's no doubt about that, uh, Mark. But you're right, there is plenty on. And Kimberley, that includes the uh, MPC quarterfinals. Um, I'm not quite sure. What, what are you and Neil Barnes doing tomorrow? Sorry, what, what's the MPC? I'm not sure I've heard of that. Can you explain yes. that one? me is that a kind of yes i can actually no 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 i can explain what it is it's a it's a it's a competition between all the best provinces in the country uh, which was which was going pretty well the year before until a certain coach said we don't want it this format anymore and the whole of the rugby union because of taranaki said okay uh, what taranaki want taranaki can get but when it comes to the party they're not even going to blow it any candles kimberly so give us a review <laughs> oh, look, I think we can move on from that, though, can't we? That's in the past. It's in the past, Smitty. We don't need to dwell too much there. Uh, we can look forward to the future. I will be completely honest with you, though. When you look forward to this weekend, given how much is on, the NPC has fallen off the radar quite a bit for me. Um, <laughs> I know, it sounds like a lot of uh, regional bias when I say that, doesn't it? But with the Black Ferns coming up with the Tri-Series down in Christchurch and with Bathurst as well, which is actually... Um, one of my secretly favourite sporting events. Uh, I've got so much uh, going on that I haven't paid it too much attention, but it is getting okay. to the kind of pointy end of the season. So I am very excited for those teams and for the te- uh, and for the fans of those teams who are involved. Your good self among them, of course, Smithy. But what I'm also really excited for is next season and the bounce back perhaps from the teams who have copped a lot of heat uh, such as for example Taranaki from fans around the country and so you know that will be a great storyline next season It will be Um, uh, just before we let you go Kimberly um, you're taking your show on the road again tonight I hear? We are indeed Uh, Andy's Burgers and Bar at Sky City tonight for the drive show myself and Stephen Donald so if you're around do get along should be a good time. I've done a, a bit of a refurb of the joint and they're reopening and it's looking spectacular. So, Smithy, surely you'd make the trip up to come and see us. Yeah, I, I think you're venturing to that casino just uh, for a woman that's about to be married. I think you're venturing to that casino just a little bit too often for my liking. But having said that, having having said that, Kimberly, thank you. Very, we've got to move. I've got to move across to Mark Hinton because uh, uh, Mark Hinton's going to give me his his selections on a competition you don't care enough about anymore, and that is the uh, of course the NPC quarterfinals. Mark Hinton, I'm going to give you the fixtures and give us a, a quick resume. North Harbour, Auckland. Yeah, I've got Auckland doing this one, Smithy, although, um, you know, there's a lot of reasons to like North Harbour, mostly around uh, um, their excitement factor and that magnificent back three. Um, but I think Auckland with the Kiriuani and um, Petty Tuipalutu back in the pack might just be able to squeeze them enough up front to edge a very close victory. OK, uh, Wellington and Hawke's Bay. That's a crashing encounter, one close to your heart and another of the kind of almost derby type into, into um, you know, super region kind of matches. Uh, ship will be a lot on it. Um, irrepressible Wellington. Seven straight victories they've had and, of course, they won the Shield off Hawke's Bay. So I've got to go with former momentum. Smithy, I know you'll, you'll be hopeful, your uh, Hawke's Bay lads, but um, I just think Wellington have got something about them at the moment and they're a bit of an attacking machine as well. So I've got Wellington to win that one, maybe... I- by double digits, yeah. And Canterbury comfortably over Northland? 
Yeah, yeah, too good there. No, it's been a great season for Northland, hasn't it? Fantastic to see a you know a team from the regions make a statement, get into the business end. But I just think Canterbury finals time they know the way home blindfolded. Okay, so and the final one is uh, on Sunday, and this will be an absolute cracker: the Chiefs battle between Waikato, of course, and the New Bay. Yeah, yeah, um, tough one to call this one, but I go with Waikato. I just think. Um, um, when they're at their best, they are very good, and you have to think they'll be somewhere near that. Um, there's an All Blacks um, uh, uh, squad being named Sunday, so all of these guys may have something to play for, or or, um, or may not, um, or may have something to celebrate. Let's see. Let's see if anyone's been able to play their way in to the All Blacks, Smithy, out of provincial rugby, which is almost you know a thing of the past. So be, mm. that'll be very interesting. But, uh, yeah, I got Waikato to nudge that one, but it should be another close one. OK, uh, Kimberley Downs, Mark Hinton have been our panel this morning. Fantastic. Good fun, folks. It is a great weekend of sport, and uh, I know you'll be casting both of your sets of eyes uh, fully over the lot if you possibly can. Cheers. Have a great weekend, and we'll have another panel Monday morning uh, reviewing what we're seeing over the weekend, I'm sure, um, at about the same time. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.